Chris, no one's happier to see you back than I am. <laughs> Hopefully you can get your old job back soon. So. Uh, this week's reading is from Mark chapter 1, verses 29 to 39. Jesus heals Simon's mother-in-law. After leaving the synagogue, Jesus, James, and John went home with Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed, sick with a fever, and they told Jesus about her at once. He went to her, took her by the hand, and raised her up. The fever left her, and she served them. Jesus' ministry spreads. That evening, at sunset, people brought to Jesus those who were sick or demon-possessed. The whole town gathered near the door. He healed many who were sick with all kinds of diseases, and he threw out many demons. But he didn't let the demons speak because they recognized him. Early in the morning, well before sunrise, Jesus rose and went to a deserted place where he could be alone in prayer. Simon and those with him tracked him down. When they found him, they told him, everyone's looking for you. He replied, let's hide in the other direction to the nearby villages so that I can preach there too. That's why I've come. He traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and throwing out demons. Football, America's other religion, amen? <laughs> no, no, okay, good. So just, just, just travel with me a little bit, okay? Because I'm going to tell you about another religion that you all know I follow, soccer. And last week, the soccer world, especially Premier League soccer, was thrown a big one. My hero, my favorite German, as I call him, Jurgen Klopp, who is the manager of Liverpool, decided that he's going to end it, that he is done coaching Liverpool. So this is like, isn't it Mike O'Shannon's son, who's the coach of 49ers now, right? Do, see, I, re I remember, right? It would be like Mike's son saying, announcing this week that he's going to resign. That's how big of a deal, like uh, Jurgen Klopp and the Liverpool Reds are on the top of their game. They are, they are the most winningest Premier League football team ever, and Jurgen helped them get there. And it was a shocker. And in fact, you know, we're dedicated, especially on the West Coast. We get up and we go to games at 6.30 in the morning. So last week, I could have gone to the game at 6.30 in the morning, but it was right after the announcement, and I didn't have it in me because I'm losing my Jurgen. You're like, oh, Monica, really, really. It's like, I get a grip, but I have now processed. And, um, and why? Why is someone so close to a coach? Well, I think it's because during COVID, it was one of the most consistent things ever. Um, the first year of COVID, I was chaplain at Knox College, and then no longer. But at least on Saturday or Sunday, I could sit on my purple couch and I could uh, watch the game with my friends in Seattle, and we would communicate through the magic machines, right? Every Saturday and Sunday, or Saturday or Sunday, I knew I could do that. Well, then the next year, I'm at a different college during COVID, getting to know different students. But I knew every Saturday or Sunday, I could be on my purple couch and watching and being led by our coach, Jurgen Klopp. And then the third year, it wasn't enough. I got moved to another college to chaplain. But 
I had the consistency of my Liverpool team on Saturday and Sunday could sit on my purple couch and keep track with my friends. So maybe it's because it was the one thing that was consistent during COVID that I was a little more attached to Jurgen <laughs> than one should be across the pond, and it is just sport after all. Ooh, sorry, sorry, friends of that religion. And but here's the other thing. I got to listen to the pundits last week because, again, this was a shock through the sporting world. And what Jurgen said in press conferences, he said, I cannot serve at 100% anymore. I love this team. I love everything about this team. I love where we are now. They are number one on the table. Woohoo. Um, anyway, where we are, they are on top. He's like, but I'm running out of steam. I have to do six press conferences a week uh, because in soccer you also play in your league, but then you always are playing these tournaments. So sometimes you have midweek games. So sometimes you're, you're traveling every three days to a different place. And then because of the way sports works now, coaches have to do press conferences. So he said, I'm, I'm I can't serve. And that's the language he used. I cannot serve the way I want to serve. So I need a break. So that's what he's going to do. He's going to take a year off. Because, of course, you know, where is he going to go? Who has that gazillion dollars they're going to pay him? No, he's taking the time off to just go and maybe pray and meditate and just think about what's next. So let's enter Capernaum. We're still in Capernaum, that seaside town that we were in last week where we got to uh, get rid of demons. Well, now this week, as I told you and stay tuned last week, we have, we have come upon um, Simon, uh, Simon Peter's mother-in-law. So one, I'm, I'm so interesting, we, we had a theme of families in our prayers today. Well, we're getting some more extended family. Like, we don't usually hear about the extended family of the disciples, do we? He has a mother-in-law. Huh. Oh, how'd that happen? Many ways. It was, I was listening to commentaries this week. They were really focused that Peter must have been married. Well, there's many ways you can have a mother-in-law. Your sister could be married. and Anyway, anyway, mother-in-law. You know. and, um, and she's down and out. And again, on my theme of Jesus respects women, there he goes. And I love this one. This is a very different healing. There's no talk in this one he goes he holds her hand and the greek word that um, happens here is she is resurrected and then she sits up and then what does she do she immediately serves that's like a woman to start getting it done amen because meanwhile, the disciples, they're like, oh my gosh, we got to tell everybody what just happened. We are so darn cool. Jesus did a little of this and a little of that. And oh, we're going to, we can keep being famous. Capernaum isn't that big, only 1,500. It's like the town that Libby grew up in, 1,500. You can be famous quickly. So they're like, let's go, let's go be seen. And what does Jesus say? Let's, let's go the other way. I'm not just here for the people in the small village. I'm here to bring the kingdom of God to everyone. Whoa. 
and serve. Let's talk a minute about serve. You heard one version of it, of the multi-million dollar coach <laughs> who's, who's going to walk away. I think that's brilliant. Um, but, and then you also know the serve. We've gotten introduced about serving between Mary and Martha, right? Like, serve woman, must be in the kitchen, must um, get stuff ready. No, this is the language of resurrected. This is the language of teacher. This is the language she gets up and serve. She's our first deacon. She is our first order of new ministry in the world. And deacon means many things in many traditions. I got the Presbyterian over here thinking, deacon, deacon, I was ordained United Methodist. We have an order called deacon in, um, in, in our um, magic making, <laughs> whatever, in our ordination, consecration, but it means to serve, right? And all the many ways in, in the United Methodist tradition, you could be a deacon of music and, and work full-time being a deacon of music. You could be the deacon of social justice at a church. You could be working in a religious school. The idea is that you are in service. There are many ways to serve. Uh, this, week, the, this week's Fairview drama has been the door got stuck, the the that door, the main door, got just stripped of all of its insides. And so we've been trying to fix it. And um, so serving might be laying on the ground, working on fixing the door. It's not always glamorous. Serving might be cleaning out the kitchen. It's not always glamorous. Serving might be um, cleaning out file folders. It's not only glamorous. Sometimes we can't do those things, so maybe we help those who are laying on the ground trying to fix the door by maybe giving a little extra this month so we can pay for it, right? There are many ways to serve, and it's done quietly with dignity so that we can make sure that our church stays open and that we can do the big stuff, like tell a lonely person that feels like they're not worthy to be loved by God because of their orientation or their identity or the color of their skin or the language they speak. She got up without saying a word and started serving. But then Jesus models something else. The disciples want him to go teach and go and preach, but he also takes time to go be by himself. There's that little part in there where he's like, first he's off by himself praying, meditating. That's important too. Not only during lockdown did 40% of people stop going to church in their church communities, 40% of pastors quit. Just quit. Resign. Because the people were really hard on the pastors. <laughs> And, and all that anxiety and all that angst and all that thing of not knowing, they were, they, were, they were letting it out on their pastors. Churches were fighting. Fortunately, that did not happen here. We're fighting whether to mask or not mask. And some pastors lost their jobs over it because they lost sight of that we're all here to serve in the many ways that we can do it and offer it. But it should never just be on one person or only an expectation. And pastors need time to pray and be. Also, they cannot do it all. So 
that's, I don't need a lot of time by myself, as you all can tell. <laughs> but I do need time to remember why I do this. So that's what we all need to take time to do. Let's model like Jesus. Take time this week and ask yourself, why are you part of Fairview? And how can you serve Fairview in a way that honors Jesus? Yeah, some are doing lots, but we all can do a little bit more, right? And again, like I said, it might just be coming in and saying, Morgan, how are you today? How can I help you? Or texting some of our leaders and our board members, hey, I want to I help out and I want to serve like Simon Peter's mother-in-law. I want to do a little bit more. And remember, Remember what part of this healing was? It was just touch. Terry came up to me today. She said, Monica, let's go for coffee. It might just be that. Just offering to give company to somebody who might need some company. I'm not asking us to change the world. Well, I am. I'm asking us to be the kingdom of God. And remember those of us that did the study this week, uh, did the study on the Lord's Prayer? What is the kingdom of God? To make sure everybody has their daily bread. That means bread, but it also means to live, for us to live simply so others can simply live. It just means to be a partner, to be present, to be, to be that voice of love when there are so many voices of hate and separation and power over. We can be power with. We can be companion with, that's the word I want, companion with and be community with. Remember during isolation, so many people didn't have human touch, right? So maybe we're with permission, because a good touch, right? We give a hug to somebody. For some people, church was their only way that they would have human connection. So then when COVID happened, no human connection. So Again, I'm not asking you to do anything that is above and beyond you. I'm just asking, check in with your church friends. Connect. Touch. You know, metaphorically and for real. See how they're doing. Don't go to somebody and say, what you, can you do for me? Go to them and, what can I do for you? I love this moment. Jesus reached out and touched her and said, you are resurrected. And then she served. So let us not be afraid to give energy and a boost to one another so that we can go out there, make a difference in the world, and let all those that aren't here with us know we want you here with us. One person at a time. Amen? Amen. Amen.